Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everybody. Today's show is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. You see, Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses that are a fraction of the price of mattresses one can purchase in the store. The mattress industry has for too long forced consumers to pay notoriously high markups, and Casper has had enough. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of their mattresses through cutting up the middleman, the retailer, and selling directly to you, the consumer. Now, you see, for years, I've had trouble finding a mattress that has the perfect blend of bounce and stiffness until I finally received my own Casper mattress. Casper mattresses provide resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort, and this has literally changed the quality of my sleep overnight. Ha! A hybrid sleeping product that combines premium memory foam with latex foam, it has become the most awarded mattress of the last decade. Uh, mattresses start at $500, and they go as high as $950 for a California king-size mattress. These are great prices. If you, like me, are tired of expensive mattresses not actually making your quality of sleep any better, it is incumbent upon you, my friend, to go out and get one. Casper mattresses are easy to purchase, and you can do so risk-free. Casper offers free delivery right to your door, and if you are not satisfied with your purchase, you can return it within a hundred days at no cost. Let's be honest, guys and girls, lying on a mattress for a couple of minutes in a showroom is simply not enough time to tell if that is the right mattress for you. Now, Casper is willing to give the listeners of Cool Canadian History $50 off their first purchase. All you need to do is go to the link caspertrial.com slash coolcanadianhistory. That's casper, C-A-S-P-E-R, trial, T-R-I-A-L dot com slash coolcanadianhistory. Get your purchase, get your mattress, sleep better now. Hello and welcome to Cool Canadian History. I'm your host, David Boris. Today, Season 4, Episode 3, The Mohawk Nurse, Charlotte Edith Anderson Montour. Charlotte Edith Anderson Montour was a Six Nations Mohawk who sought her entire life to enter into the nursing profession. When the First World War erupted, she would eventually find her way to the Western Front, becoming the only female member of the Six Nations Iroquois to serve at the Front. Surviving the war, she spent the rest of her life advocating on behalf of Indigenous rights. 
Today's book recommendation is Sister Soldiers of the Great War by Cynthia Toman, published by UBC Press in 2016. In the book, Toman recovers the long-lost history of the nurses of the Canadian Army Medical Corps through a very deep dive into their letters and personal memoirs. This is a must-read for anyone interested in Canada in the First World War, and especially the story of the important Canadian combat nurses. Okay, so Charlotte Edith Anderson, or Edith as she normally went by, was born on the 10th of April, 1890, in the township of Tuscarora, Ontario, on the Six Nations Grand River Reserve. This region has a fairly fascinating history in and of itself. Back in 1784, the Six Nations were granted the Grand River Territory in the famous Haldeman Decree, which saw then-Quebec Governor Frederick Haldeman grant the Six Nations Iroquois, or Haudenosaunee, the territory as a reward for serving the British during the American Revolution. Now, the Grand River Reserve was a patchwork of various Six Nations people comprised over 13 distinct bands, the Lower Cayuga, Upper Cayuga, Delaware, Bay of Quinte Mohawk, Lower Mohawk, Upper Mohawk, Oneida, Barefoot Onondaga, Clearski Onondaga, Conondaha Seneca, Niharandasa Seneca, and Tuscarora. Edith herself was born into the Upper Mohawk Band in Ontario, Canada, her people rooted in an historical tradition of military service. The youngest of eight children, she was determined at a young age to become a nurse. Unfortunately for Anderson, the socio-political climate of Canada in the early 19th century did not afford women, let alone Aboriginal women, many opportunities both in education and career placement. Unlike many white women of this time who were beginning to reap the benefits of working in jobs outside the home and who were enjoying increasing autonomy, indigenous women were still being systematically denied access to the most fundamental rights. Edith's experiences were consistent with this. In fact, the Indian Act, that is the piece of legislation governing the rights of indigenous people in Canada, placed significant restrictions on Aboriginal women entering higher education. After being denied access to nursing programs within Canada, Edith left Ontario and headed for the United States. In 1914, Edith graduated first in her class from New Rochelle Hospital School of Nursing in New Rochelle, New York. She stayed on in the United States and worked for an American elementary school until 1917 when the U.S. officially entered into the Great War. At age 27, Anderson enlisted along with 19 other nurses, 14 of whom were also Canadian. Edith, who received the nickname Andy by her peers, was assigned to Winchester County Unit 13, U.S. Medical Corps. After a three-month training period in New York, Edith was scheduled to leave for France in February 1918. Andy and her fellow nurses were sent to Vitel, France, to serve as nurses at the Buffalo Base Hospital 23 until the end of the war in November 1918. Edith was the first and only woman from the Six Nations that served overseas and one of only two North American indigenous women to serve in that theater. Now a reminder 
You can find us on all your podcast listening devices, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and at our homepage, coolcanadianhistory.com. If you happen to go to our Facebook page, or if you happen to go to our website, you will see links to PayPal and Patreon. Um, Both of these links provide safe and secure ways to donate to the podcast. We survive heavily on your donations, and every dollar donated is extremely helpful in allowing us to continue to bring you this history program. As well, on our Facebook page and on iTunes, you can leave us a rating and a comment. We love to hear from you, so please don't be shy. Okay, so Edith's experiences in France were very much challenging and traumatic, but she never wavered. At 90 years old, Edith was quoted as saying, We would walk right over where there had been fighting. It was an awful sight. Buildings in rubble, trees burnt, spent shells all over the place, whole towns blown up. Now, Anderson served for a full year in Vitel, caring for soldiers who had experienced the worst of trench warfare, amputated limbs from shrapnel bursts, disease, bullet-riddled bodies, but especially troubling for Edith were soldiers affected by poison gas. By 1918, poisonous gas was used by all sides in the war and had increased in both horror and lethality. Mustard gas, in particular, was a challenge, not necessarily designed to kill, It was a poisonous gas designed to incapacitate soldiers. If it made contact with the skin, it would result in painful blisters, and if ingested, would cause internal bleeding of the organs. Another nurse once wrote about her experience with victims of gas attacks, and it's worth pointing out here, and I quote, Great mustard-colored blisters, blind eyes, all sticky and stuck together, always fighting for breath with voices a mere whisper saying that their throats are closing and that they know they will choke. End quote. Now, in spite of regulations banning the use of personal diaries, Anderson kept one nonetheless and would make multiple references to working long, grueling shifts, attending to severely wounded soldiers, and walking the battlegrounds looking for soldiers in need of medical assistance. She wrote once of a 20-year-old American soldier who'd, and I quote, being shot in the neck, but he was getting along fine. Then one night I was on duty and he began hemorrhaging quite badly. We did have orderlies, but they were never to be found. And it happened that a boy who brought bread for the Americans was the one who helped me do the running around. We finally managed to stop the bleeding and settled the boy down. The next night he was real good, but then he hemorrhaged again the next. The night after that, he died. It was quite a shock to all of us because we were confident he was going to be all right. I got her mother's address in the States and I wrote to her telling her I was with her son when he passed away. End quote. Edith would eventually visit the boy's parents in Idaho, in fact, and they actually returned the favor and came to Canada to visit her a year later. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
In another specific instance in June of 1918, Edith wrote, My pet patient Earl King, the boy who adopted me for his big sister, died this a.m. at 7.15. Had hemorrhage at 3.15 a.m. The poor boy lost consciousness immediately. My heart was broken, cried most of the day, and could not sleep. Upon her return to Canada, Edith married Claiborne Montour and settled in Brantford, Ontario, actually named after the Mohawk leader Joseph Brant, one of North America's most famous indigenous war leaders. Once married, she gave birth to four children, Bud, Helen, Ron, and Don, and there was a fifth child, Gilbert, who unfortunately died as an infant in 1929. As a mother, Edith continued to serve. She was elected honorary president of the Oshwaken Red Cross. Oshwaken is a village on the Grand River Reserve. She continued to advocate for better indigenous health care and continued her work as a nurse at Lady Willington Hospital in Brantford, Ontario, a very busy woman, obviously. She would also even lend her nursing and midwifery services on a casual basis to members of the Six Nations Reserve and at the hospital up until 1955. That was the year she finally retired at the age of 65. An interesting side note in Edith's story involves her getting the right to vote. You see, up until 1917, women and First Nations people in general could not vote in Canadian federal elections. Now, as a nurse, though, serving overseas, she was given the vote when Robert Borden's conservative government passed the Military Service Act, which basically enfranchised all Canadians serving in the armed forces overseas. Uh, Take a look at Cool Canadian History, Season 1, Episode 7, to get the background to this act and Tricky Bob's play to pass conscription in Canada. Anyhow, her getting the vote is incredible because she thus became the first woman from the Six Nations Reserve allowed to do so. Indigenous people would not be granted such rights until after the Second World War. Edith's personal commitment to servicing the medical needs of soldiers on the front lines and providing support on the home front represents a very unique situation, that of being a member of the Indigenous community in Canada at a time when Indigenous people were afforded very little rights and were marginalized to the very edges of Canadian society. In the words of F.O. Loft, a Six Nations War veteran and political organizer, We have performed dutiful service to our king, country, and empire, and we have the right to claim and demand justice as a recompense. Edith represented a willingness to fulfill a daunting, and some might say ironic, duty of citizenship, that of risking her life in military service. Although she did not directly serve in the Canadian Expeditionary Force, Edith is an exceptional example of the sacrifices indigenous people made for a war effort, and ostensibly a country that did not acknowledge them as fellow Canadian citizens. Edith passed away in 1996 at the Iroquois Lodge in Oshweken, just six days shy of her 106th birthday. She was honored at a commemoration ceremony of Six Nations women veterans on the Grand River Reserve in 2008, Edith is also honored at the Canadian Museum of Civilization in Ottawa in the First People's Hall. She is survived by 14 grandchildren and many more great-grandchildren. She is buried at the St. John's Anglican Cemetery 
in Six Nations Reserve next to her husband and remains a reminder of the sacrifices her people were willing to make in a time when her people were also ignored, mistreated, and marginalized. She was both indigenous and a woman in a time where she stood as a pioneer in breaking down the barriers for both groups. A reminder, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, and at our homepage, www.coolcanadianhistory.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Doc Boris, that's at D-O-C-B-O-R-Y-S. And I want to thank you all for listening. For Cool Canadian History, I'm David Boris. Until next time, stay cool. Stay cool.